Good evening, Rob. How are you? How's it going, mate? Not bad. I'm trying to work out whether I have too much hunting stuff. I keep tripping over it now. <laughs> now, I'm going to give you a straight answer here and you're going to listen to me. Yes. Don't you ever, ever be so negative again. I've just said this to someone else. You cannot have too much hunting stuff. You cannot have too many guns. You cannot have too many knives. You cannot. You cannot. You don't need that sort of negativity in your life. If someone tells you to do, think of them. Right here. Okay, straight I'll tell you what I've got. It's a mad dog, I think, a bulldog shooting rest. It's like a big red, um, like a traffic cone type pyramid thing. Okay. Absolutely fantastic, but it doesn't hang up properly. It doesn't want to sit anywhere nicely. It's right plain. I tripped over it twice a minute just to go going out the door here. <laughs> oh, right. What was it? Because you, you broke up, you went all, all um, robot. Oh, oh dear. What's your hamster fell off the wheel? No, it's um, you've heard of um, MTM, the people that make like the gun rests and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is their quick rest, and it's got a picture of like a really angry lynx on the front that's like been on steroids most of its life. Yeah. And it's like a three cornered, you know, like the old like pirate's hat. It looks like one of those, but with a top on the top. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, yeah, but it what, just it's one of those things it lives in the office, but it keeps like moving on its own because of the three corners are weighted. <laughs> well, whatever floats your boat. Yeah, but it's handy out in the field on the bonnet or whatever because my bonnet slopes, doesn't it? So. Yeah, I know the one you got. Oh, I remember it now. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, and I just had it booted down the bloody hallway because it fell out the office into the hallway. It's like, oh, you stupid thing. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. God, I tell you, I can, do you know what? I can cuss myself. I I got a lamp I had, well, it's a torch, but it's great, man. It's quite a big thing. It looks almost like a mag light, but it's from Nightmaster. And it was very good, very good lamp. And I was, I was going to lend it or maybe even give it to one of the young sports. Um, so, they, so they could play Darth Vader with it because this thing lights the sky up. It's that powerful. And, yeah. Uh, and I bloody dropped it, didn't I? And landed straight on the lens. And, I, and, and now it, it works, but it don't work. It's more like Morse code and things. It's like, oh. So I, I believe if you send it back to the nice people at Nightmaster and grovel a little bit with a blank check, they'll sort you out on that one, Rob. Oh, well, it's one of them things. It's It served its purpose. It served its time. And well, you know, if Tony or Tom or whatever's listening, I broke that big lamp you sent me. But there you go. Um, <laughs> it was indestructible till you got over it. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, like I keep saying, when people send me equipment, it's got to do what it says on the tin. And is, is it old edge creeper proof? Okay, so, um, I don't know. <laughs> even even Tonka don't won't send anything to me now because I break them. Yes. <laughs> but no, uh, anyways, but here we are in the Fat and Airy Roundup. Uh, you know, uh, what are we on there? Week 13? Um, yeah, I believe this is episode 13 for the Fat and Harry's. Blimey, where's that time gone, bud? Uh, well, half of it got locked down. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I know it, but here, I'll tell you what, do you know what? I've been we've been receiving hundreds of emails private messages and stuff I I know you've probably seen the ones coming through the diary yeah but 
we've been I've been we've been requested to tell a lot more stories and things and not so much the music um and uh they especially the younger generations sort of 18 and above that have, have been sending messages emails smoke signals carrier pigeons whatever it said that last week's was the most hilarious funny and entertaining podcast we've we've done to date now this is coming you mean from the country professional <laughs> well, yeah, countryside countryman's confessional yeah so uh, you know we've been asked if we can do a lot more um things like that but the stories and the you know things have happened to us over the years so i said well i've emailed as many back as i could but it got to be a full-time job getting back to all these people um so <laughs> those that are listening to this um and hasn't heard fat and hairy 12 go and have a listen uh, <laughs> now, <laughs> yeah <laughs> now the funniest thing happened today now you remember we, when we were last week we were interviewing paul Anzac, weren't we yeah, Montana Wolf Trapper, extraordinary. Yeah, you know, you know, mountain man and everything else. Um, in that podcast, I didn't realise, but I omitted of uh, my brother losing something of my dad's. Now, it's <laughs> one of those things that you know. And then I remember we picked up on it in Fat and Hairy, and the answer to the immortal question was in the following podcast. Well. Dad hasn't heard Fat and Harry 12 yet. But he has heard. <laughs> well, and he, but he has heard the one with Paul Anzac. And he was on the phone this afternoon saying, Here, what is it your brother's broken and lost of mine all those years ago? What is it? What am I missing that I've forgotten? And I said, <laughs> I said, I had no idea, Dad. I don't know what you're talking about. He said, It's on this podcast. You said on this podcast. <laughs> and if you can hear my finger, I'm banging the side with my finger, and I would point in there and go, "You have heard, you know, you said in podcast." So I'm like, "Don't know what you're talking about, Dad. You must be hearing things. You must have." To, I said, "You'll have to listen to Fat and Airy Twelve to find out the answer, won't you?" So <laughs> I think he's probably listening to Fat and Airy Twelve right now, taking notes to what's been lost, broken, or stolen, <laughs> something or other. A garden sprayer and a pot of paint. <laughs> No, no, no. That's not until that's not until Fat and Airy Twelve. He's on about the Paul Anzac one. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna have to go back and listen to it because I can't remember what I admitted to. Um, I know what you admitted to. But I'm keeping quiet. Yeah. So, uh, so I, you know, yeah. So I'm gonna have to go back and listen to what I've. I'm gonna have to go back to the prequel to the sequel. <laughs> oh my days! Don't Star Wars did that. Next week we'll be releasing podcast one. <laughs> hey. Do you know what? The bar's open. I finished, I say finished work early. It's been another 18 hour shift and I started it. Well, initially, but the bar's open and, and this, this Murphy's Irish stout is chilled to perfection. I know people will have a go at me for chilling it, but I like it chilled. And I tell you what, God, blimey, that's like slipping down like an angel over your tonsils. Oh, just, just listen to this gluggable silence. Oh. Just imagine that beauty dancing over your taunts. It's that gorgeous. Oh, bloody hell. Be very nice. This is a child-friendly show. Don't drop it. Well, I'm not telling the kids to drink. <laughs> they're, they're, they're not old enough to go to the bar. <laughs> so, uh, now we've got a few things earlier this week. Now, so I've been requested funny stories. And of course, it's like with everything with funny stories, that, like you and I get chatting and then it'll spur on another story. 
of something we've forgotten in the long distant mists of time of our past you know um, now I, I think I remember you telling me a story about you catching the lino on fire um, yes right many many years ago I discovered you can't put petrol out by water <laughs> yeah and if you do it just gains momentum and turns into a little flaming tidal wave <laughs> and um, I know mum won't be listening to these and dad rest his soul he spread his ashes during the week little yep, family yeah um, so I don't know whether he ever realised that there was 18 inches of the lino in the conservatory missing or not but um when I was a naughty school child, um, luckily I knew what a Stanley knife was and I trimmed the liner and pushed it up against the wall a bit more and uh, it was never spoken of again. <laughs> <laughs> You're lucky you didn't burn a bloody house down, you pyromaniac. Well, I'm the child that had Meccano, had matches, which in back in the days were a Swan Vestas, the little pink ones that lit anywhere. They don't do that anymore, by the way, Rob. Oh, there's another funny story I can tell you about that. <laughs> Go on. So, outside Mum and Dad's bungalow, where I grew up, is a nice large lawn, uh, and a concrete path, and then two flower beds, and then the walls of the bungalow. So, as a bored child, I discovered that if you take several boxes of swan matches that you're big enough to buy from the shop because you look old enough, chop all the heads off, fill a 35 millimeter film canister with them, make a little fuse because some, some, someone in science has told you you can like this stuff that's silver and burns well yeah um and you can make mechano rocket powered cars that go quite the length of the path <laughs> <laughs> well going back to the swan vestas um you know all the i've got all old things like boxes and matches and things and uh, we're doing a range night and uh I don't know, I'd probably three or four of these matches and then a brand new box. Well, now, Mags, my secretary, is she's gone out and bought these, what she thinks are old-fashioned Swan Vesta, but really, they look the same, but if you read on the box, it says safety matches. Yes, they changed right? them. They changed them. So I had some old ones there, and I put these matches out, and they, of course the kids were saying, go on and light the matchstick, you won't be able to do it. Well, it was a bit more luck than judgment, because I put these three matches out at about 20 yards, and I aim for the one on the left. And this this was using one of them um, with them, them um, target rifles with the optic sights. Well, I can't really see down them things for losing their money. So it was a guess in the best best direction. So I aim for the one on the left and lit the one on the right. <laughs> of course, I didn't tell them that. I was like, there you go. That's how it's done, boys and girls. That's how you do it. You know. And uh, then I did it later on on the same matches with those three matches with the uh, with the with one with a scoped rifle. And that, but then, of course, then we put all these matches out mags had bought, unknowing to us that they're safety matches. Right, now bear in mind, I've still got one of the original old ones left stuck in the board. So I've lit two of them. So <laughs> we put all these safety matches out. We're outside on the, on the tank court. And, and, and they, these kids must have fired, I don't know, a thousand pellets. You know, these and they, and they smashed the matches. They've knocked them in all directions and all sorts of things, but they can't light them. They say, it can't be done. You prove us again. Of course, this one match was still sticking in the board. I went, 
what I lit it and I hit it and it lit and I was like there you go what's the matter with you lot you all like off your head and of course we didn't tell none of them that when I looked at the box it said safety matches they tried their hardest <laughs> <laughs> of course I only had three of these these, these old ones left and of course they lit when you hit them yeah so that was, that was, that was quite that was quite funny that was quite funny Oh, while we're on the subject of matches, and children, if you are listening, never play with matches, even if they are safety matches. Um, when I was a young man at college, to make some money, I used to go around the local darts playing money, like you do. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, I used to practice aiming at the treble 20, and a lot of the time, because I smoked back then, that's also bad for your health, children, I used to stick a match in where the treble 20 is as a bit of fun. You catch it with a dart and poof! It's only eight feet away, so you walk over. Anyway, I'm in this lovely country pub one day, not taking much attention. And I suppose the board had been there a few years. And of course, what are dartboards made of, Mr. Collins? Depends on the dartboard. We're poor, we are cardboard ones. Ah, well, are they not made of hair? If you get a proper one? Yes. 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 Well, me forgetting the fact that there's dartboard's probably been in the pub for most of its life. It's full of um, cigarette smoke and tar, isn't it? <laughs> Can you yeah, hear where the story <laughs> So I've rocked up, put me little match in the treble 20 wire, took a couple of shots, now still having it. I hit this shot and I don't know for why, I wasn't looking like I should have been paying attention like I was. And I threw the dart, it hit the match, caught it to light, and then caught the entire border light, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> That's what you call flaming arrows. The wall, and I'm like, oh shoot. <laughs> Lalo, can I have a drink of water really, really fast, please? <laughs> That's what you call That's what I'm saying. That's what you call flaming arrows. Yeah. Oh man, it even melted me flights. That's how hot it got. <laughs> yeah. Well, as as an ex dart player, county and everything else, I played for many seasons. I think I played 30 seasons without a break. The actual length of the dart hockey is seven foot nine and a quarter, and the height is five five feet eight inches to the ball. I thought it was five foot six. Now it's five feet eight inches to the ball, seven foot nine and a quarter, in a in a downward a downward motion to the hockey. Uh, all right, so it's not eight feet. Right, just touching on some news that came across the diary desk today. Now. Right. Most of our listeners will know, getting a firearm certificate or even shotgun certificate, you've got quite a little bit of um, thing to go through with your local constabulary. Bloody jump through hoops is what you got to do. Jump through bloody hoops. No. I was trying to keep the hoops out of it. It's not the hoops' fault. I know we know we've watched all these American things. You walk in, you buy a gun, you hand over your driving license. Ten minutes later, you walk out, gun, ammo, not a problem. Well, the dear folks of New York have um, proposed some firearm regulations. One, requiring owners of firearms to obtain liability insurance in an amount not less than $1 million. Um, Ammunition sales be limited to twice the amount of firearm capacity over a 120-day period. So all these people have got a four-shot magazine and their stalking rifle are going to be screwed, eh, Rob? Yeah, they're allowed eight bullets. Yeah, and violation will be deemed as a Class E felony. And that's yes, like yeah. high territory, that is. Yeah. Requiring social media and search engine reviews prior to the delivery of a rifle or shotgun. 
Now, a lot of people don't realise is all police forces across um, our beautiful country of England, Wales and um, Scotland already have social media teams and they already check you out prior to having anything. So this was a bit of a shock to the Americans. And um, the last one requires a person to apply for a hunting license before can buy a gun, establishes additional requirements for a firearm, shotgun and rifles, including taking a five-hour gun safety course and exam, passing a shooting range test with 90% accuracy. Sorry. Mm. Yeah, it's like I've always said to our American brothers and sisters, fight that second amendment right to the hill. The minute you give them an inch, they'll take a mile. Um, oh yeah, you know this country's been. You know we've got some. Of the, we've got the strictest gun laws and stuff in the world, and quite rightly so in many ways. Um, you know because there are some complete, absolute morons that I wouldn't let loose with a water pistol, let alone anything else. Um, oh yes. Do you know what I mean? So you know quite rightly so, but there has to be sensible reason within all this. Um, yeah. You know, and it's getting harder and harder for young people to come into it. And to be honest, our national teams are going to start suffering. You know, when we compete in the Olympics and everything else. You know, the Commonwealth Games. You know, all sorts of stuff. Paralympics. Um, we just need we need some clarity and common sense. Um, the, the worst part is, is anybody who wants to be involved within a shooting sport is classed as a criminal in people's eyes. And that's not the case. All right. In some cases, there are some complete, absolute morons. And like I keep saying, and I've always said, you get the rotten apples, ruin it for the good barrel of apples. Um, you know, it only takes a couple, one or two, and that's it. You know, buggers it up. But yeah, no, I mean, America. The thing is, you're slightly wrong with what you were saying about the driving license bit. Um, it does vary from state to state. Uh when I was in Texas last, I'm trying to remember exactly what it was. I think I think you can go in so long as you've got the right permits and everything else and drive license. Buy a gun. I, now, I might have this wrong, so sorry, Texas. It might be I'm talking about Utah. I can't remember. I've spent so much time in the States, I can't remember which state does what. Um, and you go in and you, order, you pay for your gun, but they won't let you have it for seven days until federal checks have been done and things like that, as far as I understand. I, you know, I'm no expert on American law, so I may have that completely wrong, but it's not as easy as just walking into a shop with a driving license and going buying what you like. I know, but in the movies, they make it out to be like that, don't they? Yeah, but in the movies, they're off somewhere in Santa Cuckoo Land, aren't they? Yeah, and silence pistols go click. <laughs> <laughs> that always makes me laugh, is when you see all these films, is. And you were thoo, thoo. like, do what? <laughs> <laughs> you try that with a 308, even with a silencer on the end. <laughs> yeah, that's like, I'm like, a 2-2 makes more noise than your thing's just made. And I sit down there pretty damn quiet, especially with a good good quality mod on them. But oh, yeah. it's really, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, let's get back to the lightheartedness because uh, that's what our, our listeners have been requesting. So, now I'm going to drop my brother in it now. Oh dear, here we go. Sorry, Sean. I've got no control over it. Well, 
Sean will be laughing his head off. In fact, he actually said to me, but oh, it must be about an hour ago now. He said, Are you doing another fat and airy this week? I said, Yeah. He said, Oh, tell some more stories. He said they brought back so many fond memories of when I was a kid and we when we used to do things. And I did say to him, I said, Yeah, bruv. He said, send me some in case I forget, because I said I can't remember them all. But no, this one, this one he'll remember because I got the blame for it. In fact, I got the blame twice in this in this scenario. Um, I've spoken about this before. For, the first one is him and Marcus around the block, and then and one of the big local villains. And I mean, I'm talking proper big and tough. He's like, you know, it, the the people get out of the way of his family, that, you know, because they know what they'll get if you try to cross. And uh, the him and Marcus, an old, old friend of mine, old friend of mine who used to live around the block because we had the green and all this sort of stuff, you know, going up. He, they got told off by him, so they decided to put nails under his car tires. Well, okay, this went on. Then. This went on for a couple of weeks, and then obviously he had punctures and things like that. But then one day I caught them doing it. Now me being the older brother and trying to be responsible and all this sort of stuff, I chased them off his these little buggers and. He came out and caught me put taking them out from under the tires. <laughs> so where I am, caught red-handed with six-inch nails and things, pulling these tar- nails out of his tires so he don't get a puncture. All he sees is a young, a little kid, a kid there with like teenager with nails in his hand and his tired but tires being punctured. So before he gives me a chance to explain, he gives me a thick ear. So. You know, Marcus and my brother have done a runner, and I'm taking the blame for this. And now I've now got a thick ear for my troubles. So, <laughs> you know, those two boys, because I went back up to mum with bloody ears all throbbing and everything else. And mum, because what's the matter with you? What's the matter with your face? I went, so and so down on the green, just give me a smack in the ear. And before I could even tell her what it was about, and you know, mother, I mean, mother did, never backed down from anyone. She didn't care a damn how big they how hard they were, you know. It's like someone said, well, we'd have to shoot her. I said, don't shoot her, you'll just annoy her. And, uh, <laughs> she was, uh, you know, so she went down there. And, well, I remember, I still remember seeing him running and locking the door and I did behind the door. And there's mother trying to beat the door down like a rabid Jack Russell. You know, father come down, calmed her down, dragged her back by her penny or whatever it was. And uh, But she didn't give me a chance to explain that why I got the thick ear. It wasn't my fault, it was Sean and Marcus. Because then she got sods and put the nails under his tires and caused his tire punctures. And I tried to, he caught me pulling them out. Of course, later oh, that yeah. evening, you know, later that evening, um, you know, he, he found out the real side of the story. It was told to him by the other neighbour. And he felt so guilty, he sort of came up, and I can't remember, he brought up me chocolates and crisps and sweets and all sorts of gifts to say sorry for smacking him in the ear. Well, mother didn't worry about that. All she knew was one of her cubs had been whacked. Well, dad answered the doors. Our mother heard, heard his voice from the kitchen. Well, blimey, she didn't even have time to take her tea towel off her. And then she was out through that door, jumping over father. Dad had to sit on her. And he's like, he's come to apologize. I don't care. He's such my kid. I'm and all this. So that was funny. But in the <laughs> same area, in the same area, um, an Asian family, uh, which I, I can't remember what the lad's name was. We got We all got on so well. Um... And we back in the day, we used to love Starsky and Hutch. Do you remember Starsky and Hutch? I do indeed. You know, and, and what was the what was the classic thing in a startup of Starsky and Hutch? What did I, I think it was Starsky he used to jump out of a, off of a, a, a fire escape or something? He could land on a car, didn't he? Yeah, and they were 
uh, famous that you both used to hit the driver's side of the car, of course, Americans opposite, and then he used to slide over the bonnet and then get in his side while the other driver yeah. guy was getting in. Yeah, well, do you know the bit when he used to jump off and land on the roof and then roll off and all that sort of stuff? Yeah. Yeah, well, this Asian family got they had an old scrap car. I think it was a Morris Thousand or something like that. I can't remember. It was scrapped anyway. It never ran. It was, you know, we used to play on it and just pretend we were doing car chases. And what was his bloody name? The kid, the Asian kid. I can't remember his bloody name. He was Indian. Um, oh, what was it? I can't think of his name. I'll think of it in a minute. Um, but his, his name was something like Abdul or something like that. But he liked to be called Matthew. And uh, right. <laughs> right, so, um, and uh, yeah, so it was, it was, you know, it was that. And I remember playing it, and and for some reason that I'll call him Matthew for now because I can't for the life of me remember his name. It was him, Matthew, Ma- Matthew Marcus, and my brother decided they were going to jump off of because the, there was a little rank of garages in the park next to the garages. Well, they decided to go running and doing the jump off and land on the roof of this thing. And they kept doing it, and it caved in. It just like, oof, like the roof caved in onto the yeah. seat. Of course, I'd gone down there because Mum sent me down to go find him down the green, go and say, "Come on, gotta go back for tea." So I rode down on my bike, and I got another clout in here again. Those three done a runner. Matt's dad come out, giving it the right. You're doing on my car and all this sort of stuff, and I'm, whoa, well, I want me. Hang on a minute. Give me a smack around the ear all. So it's twice I got a smack around the ear all from my brother. I only went down to tell him him his hot dog was ready. (laughs) God, blimey. Yeah, so... Yeah, so funny stories. Funny stories. So that's a very true story. I got a thick ear twice because of my brother. I got a thick ear many times because of my brother, but that's two very memorable ones. (laughs) Well, on about the Asian thing, we'll push it a little bit more Easter. <laughs> um, yep. My good friend Mark Hunkin came to me one day. He was um, very, very good at judo, and he'd eat like half a roast chicken, ten spuds, all the trimmings, and he stayed a constant, like 28 waist or something like that, Rob. Yeah, I remember we were talking about it before. Yeah. Anyway, he turns up at my house one afternoon after school, and our old garage door was an old tongue and groove job. Yeah. And it was painted like a... It wasn't like a navy blue. It was more like a... I don't know what sort of blue. Anyway. Royal blue? Yeah, more like a royal blue, I suppose. It was one of those old paints where if you licked your finger and got it wet, it changed colour. It was one of those. Yeah, yeah, I know. Like paint did years ago. <laughs> Christ knows what cartridges we absorb, but never mind. Anyway, <laughs> I've just been given these. Look at these. And with that, he opens his coat pocket and there's these four shuriken. And of course, big in our martial artist kitty wings, you know. As in, oh, that's as in shuriken throwing stars, yeah? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And they're like a polished stainless steel with the four points and a hole in the middle and some like Chinese scribbles on them or whatever, Japanese scribbles in red. Yeah. And of course, we're throwing them and they're just bouncing off the wood it's like was any tongue and groove or something wrong here you know with two fit lads so me being me open the garage and there at the back is dad's grinding wheels <laughs> you know what I did to the shurikens don't you Rob you sharpened them up didn't you oh, I sharpened them up yes 
We've now got shurikens that are sticking in this wood. I think it was like half inch planks the garage was. Um, it's now going through these half inch planks, Rob, from us throwing them. <laughs> and then we did this for about a week. Mark used to come up and we used to do this. Then Dad came home one afternoon and for some reason, he just looked at the garage door and went, what the bloody hell have you been doing here? And we're like, nothing. And there's like 3,000 holes that are like odd shapes all the way up and down the door. <laughs> well, I'll tell you two stories. One, 50 years apart, basically. Now, going right. back to my dad, my Uncle Dave, and my Uncle Mike. Right now, obviously, Granddad, perhaps, being ex-Royal Navy man and boy, he brought back all sorts of fun toys you could play with, you know, all sorts of knives. He was a real blade man, my granddad. He taught me the love for blades and things. And uh, he had proper um, leather handle throwing knives. Right. And got them somewhere out in, in, in the uh, South Pacific, Japan, something like that. These are the proper ones. Anyway, so, of course, Nan and Pap's gone out. Dad's supposed to be babysitting as the older brother. And, uh, you know, and there's Dad and Uncle Mike and Uncle Dave. Oh, and Uncle Dave's nickname back then was Pugsley. Because he looked right. like Pugsley, the Adams family. <laughs> right. so, his nick, so his nickname was Pugsley, um, and they've stood stood the mattress up from I don't know if it was Nan's bed or it was their bed. I don't know. Of course, Nan was very particular about her sheets. She had to have proper nice cotton sheets. They all had to be ironed. It was all, you know, it, it really, you know, she was very particular. And uh, they stood the thing up, but they were using it as a dartboard for throwing his throwing knives in. Oh my days. Right, so they put the bed back together, wherever else, and then Nan went, Nan went to do the washing, and she lifted the sheets off, and they're all full of moths. She thought she had moths. <laughs> oh my days! <laughs> but now, so you know, and here we come a bit of an admittance because, like I say, these confessions, I'm getting a lot of the um, the guilt off my chest here, to, you know, confessing to some of these things I did as a child. And, Has it weighed uh, a bit heavy? Has it, Rob? <laughs> it's, weighed, it's weighed very heavy on my uh, delicate shoulders. And <laughs> <laughs> So, um, you know, so move that on, say, 50 years or 40 years or whatever it was. Sean and I find these throwing knives and in perhaps his garage. <laughs> well, we, we were throwing them at all sorts of things, underhand, overhand, you know, playing chicken with them. That's, why I nearly, <laughs> that's how I nearly got one in my foot. Um you know, and all sorts of stuff. But I remember we we snuck them around to our house, and uh, we started up. We started a rough array with our neighbour because th we were throwing them against the fence, making holes in the fence. And of course, when we were pulling them out, it was pulling the wood with them and everything else. And of course, it's like, quick, Dad's home, hide them, quick, you know, and all this sort of stuff. And of course, Dad sat in the garden having a pint of beer. In fact, I even think it might have even been a pint of natch or something like that. Because it was all summer's day, and he sat there. I can still see him now. He, he, the dog, the two dogs, Jip and Blue, were running around him, and ferrets were there in a the cage. And he's there, and he's there looking at the fence, like, and it's like he's looking at the fence, going, "Something wrong with that fence? There's something wrong with that fence?" It's daylight, <laughs> like, but not like in one spot. It's like, un, like you, hundred spots of daylight. Well, at this point, he didn't like our neighbour very much, and they didn't get on, and. Um, yeah, and uh, but basically he got over there and he's like, "This twat's been cutting the edge and bust our fence." Of course, 
he starts having a row about him damaging the fence panels. Well, there's the confession. Sorry, Dad, it was me and Sean with a throwing knife. <laughs> you know, and I still remember those that those throwing knives now, and I remember the one particular one. Um, it was like a commando dagger one he had as well. Um, fond memories, fond memories. I mean, my brother will probably remember more of the throwing knife stuff than I will. Um, I can't quite sort of remember all this. It's so long ago. I re- I just realised how bloody old I am. Well, do you realise there was a post put today on Facebook when Marty McFly went back to the future from 1985 to 1955? Yeah. That same uh, gap as if we went from today back to 1990-something. <laughs> oh, Christ, don't make me feel that old. Bloody hell. Um, there was, it was yesterday, somebody posted a load of tracks about how cool 1991 was or 1992 for the music. And they were like, oh, I'll tell you what it was. It was on YouTube. I was trying to annoy the children with the song. Um, you probably heard it. The song that goes, I got the key, I got the secret. Urban Cookie yeah. Collector. And yeah. I didn't realize the lady that did all the singing in that sadly died a couple of years ago. And somebody's on there. Oh, is this in this when it came out in 1991? I was like 10 or 11. I'm like, oh my God, I'd left school by then. <laughs> you know, scared. 1991, right? I always remember 91 was the year of Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Now, I always remember me, Blue, Sarah and Claire. We all went to the cinema. And uh, I always remember we went and watched it, watched it, and uh, we were were up on the top balcony. And I can't remember what happened, but the whole thing of popcorn went straight over the balcony on the crowd below. (laughs) Oops. I I, I think think someone jumped or something, an arrow or something landed in the film, and... I can't. I think I remember Sarah Cloud. She just launched it straight over. The, ah, straight over the balcony. He's all banging cup popcorn. <laughs> um, but I always remember going around the corner because I was about. I was about eighteen, then. maybe nineteen. Yeah, about nineteen then, I suppose. Um, and um, I remember going in the pub around the corner, and we're sat in this like little cubicle, and you know, like the cubicles where it's like a little cubicle, and there's like an overhanging light above the table. I always yep. remember it being. Like, like a dark green glass heavy glass I remember standing up to get out and you not bloody self out on the light and fused all the damn thing <laughs> that, was, that was 1991 god me. I uh, was back in the days but uh, another thing going back I'm going to drop my brother in it again right <clears throat> now dad I'm sorry dad but I'm going to get these admittances off my chest so that you know it wasn't me and you know, the mystery of the the damaged garage wall um, that sounds serious. <laughs> no. The house back then was built out of these like greyish white bricks. They were a brick, but they were like a sandstone brick, but they were like grey, grey white colour. And, the, and the, the garage being the same. And um, I remember my brother getting told off by mother. Dad went home from work by then, and he was bored. He, could, he wasn't allowed to come with me because I was older and I was off with mates or something like that. And I came back, and there's my brother. He's got um, out my dad's tool bucket. His bricky, yeah, he's got his little bricky hammer. You know the ones with the little point on and stuff, and like shaping up the bricks. Yeah, yeah. Well, there he is. He's going up and down the corners of the garage, all the corners, even the corners where the garage door is, and he's chipping off all the corner edges of the bricks. <laughs> right. So these bricks are no longer square. They've got like a rough chamfered edge on them. 
Because I thought, I've got back on, what are you doing, you idiot? He went, mother told me off, I ain't having that. And he said, I'm bored. So I'm smashing these bricks off. If dad catches you, he's going to kill you. you could, your ass ain't going to touch the floor, boy. And I said, I'm going, I ain't having nothing to do with this. Well, dad come back and he never noticed. He never noticed for a couple of days. Until one day, he put his, until the day he put his hand out, I went, ah, oh, bloody hell, that's sharp. And then he looked at me, yeah, he said, oh, bloody hell, has been having a go at my garage. And of course, I denied all knowledge. I thought, well, I'm grassing my brother up, but, you know. And then my brother, I don't know. I don't know, perhaps his vandals or something like that. <laughs> it was like, so, so there you are, Dad. There's the answer to your question. <laughs> Why your garage corners had rough edges, right? The whole thing was our show and smashed them off. Oh, bloody hell. <laughs> and to be honest, it is a bit of dad's own fault. I mean, he did these stupid things like a brick hammer lying around in a locked garage. I mean, there's a place to keep a, a, a weapon like that, you know, in a locked garage. I know, it's terrible, isn't it? But, you know, I'm, we're almost out of time, really. Um, so, I mean, <clears throat> one thing I wanted to add, ask you about was the feedback slides you used to do feedback slides I, I remember us talking about this a couple of weeks ago like when we were snowing and stuff. yeah well a lot of people might have seen some of my shooting pictures on my oldest permission i've been shooting it all oh, again on nearly 30 years now well as kids all these these look like mountains i suppose if i said to you it's a 25 acre field and it goes from up there, down there, on about a 55 degree slope, Rob, you'd be like, yeah, <laughs> typical Cornish field. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, I'm just imagining you waving your hands around now, pointing in midair, because I'm like, you're in Plymouth yeah. and I'm in Somerset. Well, you know Cornish hills are like, anyway. Yeah. Here, listen to this. Bar's open, doesn't it? Can you hear that? Well, that's the bar. <laughs> yeah, that's the bar. Oh, look at that. Lovely. Look at the Cool. Look at the head on that. Right, so, years ago, fertilizer sacks and stuff were just a big plastic bag. They were like blue or white. And they were, I suppose, 30 kilos in weight, something like that. Anyway, we discovered as kids, in the old barn that had fallen down in the corner of the fields, um, there was hundreds of these. So when we had all this snow one year, we're like, yeah, that works. We climbed inside, and we're now doing about 30 miles an hour in these, basically cocoons around our bodies going down across the fields well only i can find the only bloody triangle shaped rock under the snow can't i rob <laughs> yes it hit the two ding dong bells hit the um rear brake area shall i say flipped me upside down and i went home in tears but i couldn't say anything to mother because i wasn't going to be out but there we go <laughs> so i sat in my room and cried quietly for myself for about an hour <laughs> I remember, I remember being on Uncle's farm, somewhat very similar, and uh, it was a track. It was a small tractor wheel, like, like off the back wheel, not like the front wheels. And uh, I remember because it, it was always on a slope, and at the bottom was um, a river at the bottom of the slope. And I remember we put Butch in the tire. Well, we put a crash helmet on him, and, and some, and we, t and we, we cable tied him into the tire so he wouldn't fall out. And we rolled him down the hill. <laughs> he had a crash helmet on. But he landed in the river and nearly bloody drowned by the time we got there to get him out. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, I'll tell you what, right? Did you ever go through it as a kid where your parents, your dad cut your hair or your mum? Um, well, no, I know you got no hair now, but you know, oh, back then. 
you know uh, did you ever go through that i mean i know most people did because it was like back in the like late 70s early 80s people didn't really pay for haircuts for their kids i mean that's why if you look at a lot of the family pictures going back then it was like they'd been cut around a basin or something wasn't it yeah no i was a lucky one but i had to have short back and sides and i suppose you call it like a grade three on top now and yeah. um, basically looked like well, we a miniature of average haircut <laughs> yeah it was always it was always a it was always a called a square cut short back and sides back in yeah until so, i'll just jot in there until i was about 11 or 12 and decided the summer was going to be far too hot and told the barber to take it off as a crew cut because that was all the fashion back in the mid 80s and got home and got a bollocking off fabric for looking like a bloody criminal <laughs> i'll tell you a story about that but no uh you know there's a very true story and my brother will remember this because he took off running like a gazelle and he weren't stopping either right dad made, dad, dad, dad's bought this set of clippers he's bought them cheap down the pub i mean there was blunted buggery they pull your hair out rather than cut it right <laughs> and uh, you know, typical dad del boy you know what's we call him del boy daddy right he uh he's there so i'm i'm the oldest i've got to sit in the chair now i got a nice head of hair at the time right right you're having your hair cut so he's got this comb there's no guards on it or anything like that. it's just it's just a pet it's just a bare bloody hair cutter thing i always remember him being white white and black and um and the comb and he's there and he's trimming away and all my hair's falling off and at this point the bloody dog jip and blew out in the pen outside the window is barking and howling and uh he went of course without the guard he's got his fag in his mouth and he's like he's sure right shut up for gold's sake and of course he went Zip! straight up the back of my head <laughs> but, but like he's like oh oh i could hang on i'll put that back back on and i'm like, I'm like what do you mean you put that bit back on and of course i've got a, I've got a bowl patch i've got a full-on bowl patch on the back of my head <laughs> Right? Of course, my brother's giving it. You ain't cutting my hair, and he's off like a gazelle. He's out the front door and up the road and gone. You know. So I'm like, yeah. So you know, that's why I, I I've, I've now got a thing. I, I no cutting it. I've got to go to a barber's or have someone. You know, no. Oh no. Yeah, shout out for goals. And you know, just, just imagine my dad stood there in a typical like 1980 kitchen. You know, that all that horrible dark thing, and it's all like. That dark paint and all that sort of stuff, and he just went, "Shut up for gold's sake!" and went straight at the back of my head with no bloody guard on it, nothing. And oh, you can just days. imagine what you can just imagine what was said to me in the, in the village school. <laughs> yeah, got yeah. a bloody great like bowl patch going at the back of my head, and of course everybody's your hair is falling out. Was, no, ain't I had a bad haircut? And of course, then other people had come in, and it'd be like a bank holiday, like just what's just been on. And of course, they've all come in with dad haircuts as well, and it's like you know, bits missing, sloping sides, and look like you're <laughs> at your head inside a goldfish bowl and all sorts. So uh, yeah, but no, going back to shaving your head off, what you did. Um, I remember years ago, now we're talking 25 years ago, got to be 20 at least, um, and it was the Friendship Pub in Nelson. And I was talking to someone the other day about this because it was one of the best pubs in Nelson, the oldest pubs. And uh, we already used to go to the Oak, which is where the Wurzels played, and or literally just that, just across the road, under the little tunnel, you're in the Friendship, or Friendly, as it was called by local people here. And uh, I remember Robin and Phil. How funny, funny was I was Phil. I bumped into the other day at Tesco's, and um, he was talking about the Friendly days. He said, "Yeah, our leaving party. Do you remember that?" I said, "Cool, don't I ever?" And it was a it was a fancy dress party, 
well, I've always gone as a cowboy or something like so I've got all of my cowboy gear and my hat and all that, but I thought I fancied a change. So me and my mate, now my mate, bear in mind, he is Nick, he is an Indian. He's 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 a proper like I don't know what better way to say this, but he's a packy Indian, you know, he's one of them, you know, Gupta types. And yeah. you know, he's a good he's, he's a good mate of mine, Nick. And uh, he said to me, he said, here, he said, how about we go as a pair of skinheads? I went, do what? I said, you're Indian, you can't go as a skinhead. He said, yeah, I can, of course I can. Because I said to him, I said, well, I'm up for it if you are. So we've shaved our heads off. We've drawn bloody swastikas all over our foreheads and all sorts of different things. Got our t-shirts rolled up, our jeans rolled up to the top of our Dr. Martin's, top of our Dr. Martin's, and our bracers on and all that. And we've gone as skinheads to the fancy <laughs> dress party. Right? So at this point, picture this I'm in this pub it's, the music's playing they've put bloody right yozzer music on you know proper stomping stuff you know so me and Nick are up you know, and bear in mind Nick's an Indian right he shaved all the bloody head off you know his hair off and I'm like are you sure your family's going to stand for this I said I'm not going to get in trouble am I <laughs> so he's like nah nah we'll be right. so so we're in here right and uh, in because they did food and all this in walks this Asian family right oh, through man. the door right because the door was right where what was the makeshift dance floor for the night the front door was right there they walked straight in and come face to face with me and Nick jumping around <laughs> doing yards of like headbanging stuff like being skinheads right not knowing it's a fancy dress party of course you look around and there's people dressed as clowns and bloody all sorts they just I still see them now. It's a little family they turn around and say, oh, no this isn't our sort of place and left <laughs> I, I, so it's, it's that family right there I'm sorry we scared you but we didn't mean to we were just having a bit of fun it was a you know it was a, a true oh god but but Nick right, that's how I nicknamed him Singe instead of Sing we nicknamed him Singe because what it was my my dad got broken into and the little scrope bags that were broke into it was in the pub one night and my ex-wife she's a bit fiery you know she 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 brought her for her fist first before asking any questions well they were sat at his table of course my ex misses she jumps in and jumps over the table hits the table everywhere and it's nick straight in the coal fire of course he's come out covered in soot and everything else so it instead of calling him Singh or whatever else we called him Singe or Singit oh dear and yeah so, so but this is where he nearly got me into a fight because do you remember back in the time it was that time it was Ali G and he used to say is it because I is black yes yeah well this was his catchphrase Nick he was a bugger for it right so <laughs> I said, he said to me he said here Rob he said it's time to go he said the Indian will be ready he said because he knew the people in the shop I said well you go and get it because you get it cheaper than I do so I gave him the money and he went and got the food and he come back. And of course he puts on this I know very much voice like this. And uh, he's come back in and he's come and he's come back in and he says, Hello Master, I am here, I've got the food. Of course these two blokes have walked in. No idea who they are, I've never seen them before, never seen them again since. And uh, <laughs> and, he, and he and he says something like, Please don't be me, boss, I'd be good. And all this sort of stuff. And I went, I said, of course I'm like, well, that's all right, okay, you can have you can have the scraps tonight, you know, blah, blah, blah. And of course I'm winding him up, I'm having a joke. We're just mm-hmm. having a laugh, you know. Bear in mind, he's he's one of my best mates, and he's I seen him the other week, he reminded him of this story, he was laughing his head off. I said, Yeah, you remember that? These two blokes have took offense and started calling me a racist. <laughs> it's like <laughs> Do what? Of course, Nick's 
now winding this up, right? So he's going, no, don't, don't have a, go, don't have a go at the boss. I will suffer for it. I will suffer. He will whip me. And of course, I like when he speaks to these guys. He's me mate. You're having a joke. You're no, we're not racist. He's me mate. He's gone to get the food. Like you know. Of course, wow. Well, you guys get these guys. Of course, then he comes out with, "Is it because I is black?" And I'm like, "Oh, oh my God, shut. Will you shut up? You're going to get me slaughtered in a minute." <laughs> these, two, these two, these two blokes from wherever they were, they just they found their point and left. And of course, I'm, I said to Nick, "Don't ever do that again." You know, they got me to fight you, bugger. And he was in hysterics. <laughs> he thought it was hilarious. Absolutely thought it was hilarious. But yeah. Anyway, I think we're about out of time, aren't we, bud? I think we are, yes. I'll have to I'll have to leave the stories about the lost ferrets and all that sort of stuff for another time. Oh yes. Remind me next time to tell you about me being Terminator at the pub fancy dress, will you? <laughs> See there you go. What about saying about stories when we when we chin off of each other and stories remind you of other things? Oh yes. But you know, so just remember Ali G, is it cause I is black? I yes. still... Have you ever seen the movie by the way? Before you go. Yes, I have, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. I think I might Where they break on. dance and use that to jump the safe <laughs> from the car outside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would show my children, but it's still not suitable for them and only one's just turned eighteen, so I'll have to wait a while. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, you and I'll be laughing. They'll be like, "What? I don't get it." <laughs> well, I think I've got it on DVD somewhere. I think in that vast DVD. You know what? I mean, I've got a vast DVD collection. Or as my yeah, mum would call it, uh, Yeah, one of the wife's good friends is called Julie, isn't he? So occasionally yeah. I'll like, "Me Julie," and the kids are like, "What's he on for help?" <laughs> ah, me Julie with the big Babylons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh those know. are the days <laughs> you know and, you know i mean and the thing is is that you know all right some people back then or were racist in many ways but you know we just back then we we, we just had a laugh you no know, people didn't get upset you know i mean i don't mean any offense by the way i say things i mean my good friend ricky daniel i mean blimey fair play old ricky i mean he's 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 black black as the ace of spades that's probably racist. I don't know, <laughs> but you know, I mean, him and I have some right laughs. He's such a wonderful man, Ricky. And in fact, you know Ricky. Yeah, you don't want to upset the poor bugger, though, would you? He's bigger than both of us. <laughs> right, and I'll tell you what, he's, he's a bloody good martial artist. That's how I originally met him. Yeah, I know. That's why I want to make him upset him. <laughs> yeah, no, he's, but you know, he's he's a he's a brilliant laugh, Ricky, and you know, you know, and he, like say, I mean, you know. He knows I don't mean any harm by it or anything else like that. I don't mean anything. It's just having a laugh. Because to be honest, I couldn't care less what color, creed, race, religion anyone are. People are just people. Um, yeah. You know, they just are. You know, and and to be honest, my granddad always said the best thing. He said, "People are like a good barrel of our apples." He said, "Sometimes you get a bit of crap on the top, and you've got to get past that crap to get to the decent apples." He said. And, that that's that's that, that flops them and jets them on the top. That's the, that's that's the idiots. He said. But generally, no matter where you go in the world, and bear in mind he was ex-Royal Navy man and boy. I mean, you know, he, he said there's good and bad everywhere. Yeah. And he said you just he said you know you just treat people accordingly. You know, and you know if you can have a bit of a laugh along the way a bit. And he was a king of the one-liners. My granddad. He was he was hilarious. He could just you know some idiot talking nonsense whatever else and he just shut them down with one line 
you know he's uh yeah. he's just brilliant it, you know he, this is why i said to you a couple of weeks ago he reminds me of um uh, prince philip he was an ex-royal navy man boy very much a, a, a naval sense of humor just like prince philip and uh yeah you know anyway so we're getting on, on time i should imagine you want to watch your film and oh talking yeah. of films guess what i've just got come through i don't know a couple of childhood films that i haven't seen for years and i i've got them on dvd any which way but loose and any which way you can just arrived today on dvd what about the third one right in the third one there is it's where he gets released back into the jungle <laughs> now you're mixing up georgia the jungle again you twit <laughs> no but i love i love that you know the old clint eastwood and right turn clyde and all that sort of stuff bloody brilliant you know they don't oh, make it, was sense. it a tax man or somebody comes and he strips the car yeah he said strip the caddy clive <laughs> <laughs> yeah so oh, to finish on a good little high um, and I think this is a record. Uh, a friend of mine, yes, I noticed on Facebook, his, I'll say you, because I'd normally say your, had five lambs, Rob. Really? Yeah. What? Two what, white from ones. What, from yeah. the same you? you. Two white ones and three black ones. Christ. I reckon that ram wants to get his chimney swept. <laughs> well, I yeah. said... Um, yeah, it's a mixed race family being all modern and PC. You went, yeah, it's modern farming for you. <laughs> what, what, what can you say? That's the black sheep of the family. Yeah, well, he's had three, three of them. <laughs> well, yeah, three and two. Blimey. Yeah. I could just imagine seeing what the ram like. He probably looks like a negative. <laughs> well, the farmer is thinking positive at the minute. Well, yeah, you know, there's plenty of money yeah. on the earth there, isn't there? Oh, I will say, this is our style, whether we're doing our own podcast or whether we're interviewing people. And yes, it's a little bit rough and ready, and if we edit it, there won't be any character to it. So if you don't like it, it's tough, basically. Well, if you don't like it, don't bloody listen. Simple as that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you, want to, if you don't want to hear a couple of rough old country boys talking a load of bloody nonsense, don't listen in. No. Because <laughs> like if you ever met us at the show, Harrison, we like this <laughs> in real life as well, haven't we? Yeah, well, exactly. What makes me laugh on Facebook or um, Twit, Twit Face or whatever bloody hell it is and all the rest of it? Some bugger sees your picture and then whinges about it. Well, if you don't like it, scroll past. You know, simple as that. You know, my, as my old man would say, Oi, mind your nose and your own business, because that might get bit off if you keep sticking in. Yes. <laughs> but now you there, but break it off. Well, I've, I've been known to have a nose like a rhino or a face like yeah. one and a skin like one. But yeah. Oh, but yeah, and Bob, I know some more secrets, but I'm keeping quiet. <laughs> well, I, I've got, I've got to do these confessions, Greg. I've got, to, I've got to get this guilt off my chest. You know, yes, it's been far too long. <laughs> you know, there's, there's, there's things you know that, that, that need to be said. You know, it's um, yeah. yeah, and a little brother to drop in the sticky stuff. <laughs> well, do you know, my my brother, he's the blue-eyed little boy. He gets a, he could get away with everything. As far as mother concerned, he was an angel, could do no wrong. But me, I got the blame for everything. You know, well, we're still like, trying to blame stuff on you now, so I wouldn't worry. <laughs> yeah, but what makes me laugh? I wasn't even there. <laughs> I might I might be in a different county I might have been away on a school trip but I still got the blame oh yes 
you know. God, blow me. You know, it's like, it's like with the sprayer. I honestly was trying to stop the water fight. Yes. <laughs> the, fact, the fact I had it in my hand and was fighting with my brother to take it off him and the water went everywhere and made the paint run off the walls. I, I was doing my best to stop the water fight. I didn't mean to make all the paint come off the walls and break your water sprayer. No. <laughs> but, you know, so, uh, yeah. You had, a, you had a similar experience, didn't you, with the, I think I remember us talking every day, because obviously I talked about knocking me mum's china thing off the mantelpiece, and for 20 years she didn't know, because I replaced it with a, something completely different, but she didn't notice. You had the same sort of thing, didn't you? Um, I'm trying to remember now. Which one are you on about? Give me a hint. Didn't, didn't you knock something off and then just moved everything around? Or was I talking uh, to someone else? You might have been talking to somebody else. I never knocked anything off, luckily. No, no, no. I, I, I can't remember what it was now. It was, I, I know what it was. It's someone had listened to last week's podcast and they'd come through on Messenger and messaged me, said, laughing their heads off and told me their story. That was what it was. I knew it was funny. Oh. That's what I mean. I've had We've had so many people message us about last, our podcasts in general and last week's Fat and Airy saying... Oh, this was hilarious. It reminded me of my story when me and my brother or me and my mates or or whatever. Um, you know, one of them even put a dart into a boiler. Copied you, I reckon. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> yeah. You know, I know, but that's what I'm saying. This, this one, he, he did the same. He threw a dart at his brother or something and he, he ducked and he went straight through the pipe going into the boiler. Oh. Oh, and remind me next week, along with Terminator, Tarzan. Or I've got a funny story about Tarzan as well. Oh, yeah, I've got one with Tarzan as well. So remind us on that one. Let's say, remind me about about, about losing the ferrets and things like that, because there's a couple of funny stories. And I got the blame again, and it weren't me. It was my brother's fault. Well, one of them was. (laughs) The other other one was my dad's fault. And do you know what the funny thing? I said this to dad today. Both times we lost those ferrets, they both had locator collars on. And they were both dog ferrets. Strange. Yeah. yeah. Strange how it goes. Well, we've almost done an hour and we wrote we said we were only gonna do a half hour this week. Yes, we'll both be in trouble in a minute. Right, so it's good night from me. And good night from him. Thank you for listening, folks. Catch you later. See you later, Mucker. Bye. Mm-hmm.